it's that time again. Welcome to The Inner Game. I'm Gwen Garcelon, your host. Thanks for listening. The Inner Game is about how we nurture and attend to our mind, body, spirit, health, and how that allows us to play a bigger game and make a bigger contribution in the area of purpose that calls to us. And these are conversations with people who are committed to making an evolutionary difference with their lives from a place of balance and love and service. Today, I, have the, I get to have a conversation with my dear friend, Diana Alcantara. Diana has been a teacher for 30 years, the last 11 at the Carbondale Community School, a K-8 charter school. After attending some workshops on community and school gardens, she heard a calling to commit her efforts to this evolutionary moment in education. And with no funding, she started a garden at her school and began developing curriculum so that students of all ages could engage with it. Now, eight years on, the garden is thriving and a deep source of growth and purpose for Diana. Welcome, my dear. Gwen, thank you so much. It's good to be back in the studio (laughs) talking to you. (laughs) As Gen Xers, we both came of age in the 80s, and you were mentioning some music that has resurfaced for you. Did you want to... Did you want to say anything about that? Sure. We were talking about where we're finding inspiration right now in these times of profound change. There's no doubt things are changing. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've just been able to revisit the, my coming-of-age music, which for me was the alternative music of the 80s. And the group that continues to come up is Tears for Fears. And the song is um, Sowing the Seeds of Love. I hear that all the time, too. Oh, my gosh. Just the lyrics are like, were they thinking 2022 when they wrote this song? They were prophetic. You know, it starts out, high time we made a stand and shook up the views of the common man. And the love train rides from coast to coast. DJs the man or woman (laughs) we love the most. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... That's what there is to do, is take a stand for what we know Mm -hmm. to be life-affirming and valuable. And I think that's why, that's what speaks to me so much about the gardens. You know, and, and and, you know, speaking of the 80s, you know, like many in our generation, I think we started to confront the rampant materialism of the times. And I think as a collective, we experienced a real dark night of the soul, and the the emptiness of the dream we'd been sold. How did that show up for you? Uh, I think that we're still experiencing that and maybe oh, starting yeah. to come out of the dark yeah, night of the Yeah, it takes a soul. long time, these big shifts. For sure. Um, I think just um, just not feeling grounded or, or knowing myself or being encouraged to get to know my inner self and trust that inner self mm. all through college and then grad school. Um, I think I've started to wake up when I lived abroad in uh, Mexico and Colombia and Costa Rica, mm. which I ended up coming here after those mm-hmm. wonderful experiences, landed here with my husband and my son, um, and brought all of that experience, that international experience and growth here. Yeah. And coming to find this little town on Western Slope, Colorado is so full of, of it's so vibrant with perspective and people's experiences coming from all over the world. Yeah. It feels like that was a real pivotal time in your sort of spiritual awakening and development. Can you talk laid, a little bit yeah, about it that? It laid the groundwork for what I've experienced here 
they'll be oh I will have lived here 14 years this July moved here 14 years ago and the shift I've gone through mm. through all the beautiful people here and the land itself mm-hmm. and the um, the ideas people have that in, in evolution for the town and for bringing us all together and have a better more equitable regenerative world it starts right here in our community yeah what were some of those? Um, I know you developed um, quite a relationship with some mute elders, and and I'm sure that was probably um, really um, foundational, you know, in your kind of mm-hmm. your deep connection to the land that I experience yeah. in mm-hmm. you. Well, what many of my teachers have, have I've learned from them, either reading books or going to meditations or yoga classes here in the valley. Um, or attending so many great speakers that come through Third Street Center or right here on this radio station, the, the amazing people that come through town and get on the air and speak, is when you are in alignment with your purpose, with your with your soul's work, things will unfold for you. And I remember early on, I've never lived in a place so so rural. Grew up on the Front Range and then moved to Fort Collins for school and then Boulder and then lived abroad is I just became curious about the first peoples that were here and the land. And I asked for a connection with a Ute elder, and lo and behold, right after that, you know, my friend Shar was going to have um, a Ute elder speak at the library, which is now the launch pad, and, and talk about um, her book and talk about him, um, his experience, and that his great-grandfather was, you know, one, one, one of the, the leaders of the, the, the Utes when they had to leave, were forced to leave the valley. And for and those of you who may not know who are listening, the Utes were the Native Americans who mm-hmm. occupied this land for mm-hmm. for many, many years. Yes, originally. and, and I, I want to acknowledge that they go by Nooch now, yeah. is, is the correct way, Nooch. Yep. Is, I want to acknowledge their presence here all those many generations mm. and how the land cared for them and they cared for the land. Yeah. And we're grateful for that. And we are now in, entrusted with caring for this beautiful place. Yeah, it's funny. I, I interviewed um, Bill Plotkin, who um, who's a wilderness guide and educator and who works with people to discover their soul purpose. Mm-hmm. And he defines soul as the part of you that has a unique role to play in service to the collective ecosystem. So then soul mm-hmm. becomes more of an ecological context and meaning. Um and, you know, sort of in the way the indigenous people consider the entire ecosystem as all my relations, mm-hmm. you know, and they have a specific role in the family that includes everything. Mm-hmm. And um, and it made me and I was going through this book that you and I have have read um, and read many years ago called The Truly Alive Child, which talks about how to how to educate kids in that way to get more in touch with their source of aliveness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there was this quote that says, young children understand without being taught that just like them, all life is sacred and that each part of creation has its place from the largest bear to the smallest ant. Mm. They demonstrate their amazing awareness by living their brotherhood and sisterhood with all things equally and with compassion. They seek not to destroy, but to discover not to dominate, but to love. Mm. And that just reminded me of, of how Bill Plotkin talked about that and how you've talked about, you know, what kids experience when they're in the garden 
Maybe you can talk a little bit about that, what you see them experience. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, the younger kids, especially at my school, starts at kindergarten. They Once I introduce them to the garden, they want to go every day, all day long. Can we go to the garden, Miss Diana, is what <sighs> they call me, because I also teach Spanish um, there. So I'm Miss Diana. We go by our first names at the school. Um, Miss Diana, do we get to go to the garden today? Can we go to the garden? Um, so opening up that that gate mm. to literally to into the garden and watching them explore around is just it just melts your heart mm. and it just you see how quickly they can drop into source mm. you know to the soil and the bugs and i many times i've had this great lesson ready to go and then once we get out there the the snake goes through the middle of the path and they all scream ah snake and the boys are some of the boys are like where's the snake and then some of the girls are like let me catch the snake <laughs> and then the snake becomes the lesson it just shows up um, they become alive and they and they lose themselves. Mm. They get in that zone of exploration. And when I, I I approach the plants there with absolute respect, that before you harvest anything, you say thank you from your heart. Say thank you, plant, either out loud or you can feel it down in your heart. And they have absolutely no no hesitation, no problem doing that. Mm. Whereas the older kids are kind of eh, that's kind of weird, you know. But if you start them young, then then they have no problem continuing that practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it brings the senses alive, mm. you know, when I teach them how to interact with the plant is, you know, to first look at it and, and identify it because plant identification is very important. And I do have to mention that we only eat things that are in the garden and not everything is edible. We do have a rhubarb plant and they all know, oh, the leaves are poisonous. They can make you sick. I'm like, that's right. But we can have the stems. Yes. With strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> because what they'll want to do is when they leave the garden, they're going to want to try and eat everything. And that can get us in a bit of, bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. And I am also dabbling in wild foods, you know, the, the medicinal foods and foraging. Foods. foraging. Yeah. It's so fun. But it takes a lot. You have to mentor many, many years, especially when you dabble with mushrooms. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure they know what they're. So look at it first. Right. Make a positive ID. Then we use our, our we touch the leaf, right? And we, we, we touch the stem. And if it's a square stem, then we know it's in the mint family. Oh, they mm. love no, They love knowing a plant has can have a square stem. Mm. And then we hold, we hold it up, the leaf or, what, you know, the flower to our ear and say, do you hear anything? And the little kids, they'll come up with all kinds of things <laughs> that the plant tells them. <laughs> um, and then the last thing we do, oh, then we smell it. And then the last thing we do is, is we taste it. So we use all five senses. So it, it makes them aware of their senses and then dropping in deeply with mm. the variety of plants there. Yeah, it's and you've said to me many times that you see children calm down and get more grounded in the garden, which, wow, yeah. what a something that we all need, but especially the children. I think even though they're contained within the fence, they're, they can explore, mm-hmm. and they have their choice of either gra- you know, grabbing a hand trowel and digging and then looking for worms, and then that becomes the whole 30-minute out there as they're looking for worms, and then they chase each other around with the worms, and then, no, we have to save the worms, and we're going to make a worm city. <laughs> it just, it just, you never know where it's going to go. So they have that freedom to explore what they want um, and, and asking questions. And I love being able to say yes. I have very, very few discipline problems mm. around in the garden. That's beautiful. You know, there's in education reform, there's a movement toward authentic learning, which you've talked about, um, which is connecting students to real world issues and challenges. Um, 
you know, and one of the greatest issues we face right now is how we'll feed ourselves as climate impacts affect our water supply and our fragile global food system. But what's so exciting about learning to grow food is that it accomplished so, so many positive things without even having to address the, the food supply issues we face. You know, it just, it does all that positive work of empowering them and, um, and helping them feel more connected to the land and more familiar with it. Um, I, I would love to, you know, kind of see what your experience is with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's experiencing the growing cycle. You know, when, when the kids are holding a seed in their hand, and we make a wish for that seed. The little kids, I say, okay, wish the seed good luck. Say, good luck, seed. And then we'll put it in the ground. And then we'll start to care for it. And when that germination happens, it is just magical. And my, it's like a magic trick. You know, you know, it's the most amazing thing when you see that first little green. Mm. You're shaking your head because you're a gardener, too. When it starts to just break up through the soil. It, it's the most magical you're thing. Like, it, <laughs> every every <year>. time, <laughs> every year, right? I'm doing this, n- not a ton of years, but... When you see that coming up and then, you you know, you water it the next day. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of the plants grow overnight and you come back mm-hmm. the next day to check on them. And you're like, oh, it grew several centimeters or, or a whole inch even. Yeah. Um, and then the caring for it, the nurturing, mm-hmm. caring for it and paying attention to the amount of water, you know, testing the soil, how dry it is, learning, learn, teaching them how to stick their um, finger in the soil up to the first knuckle or second knuckle for, for dampness. And how can we you know, brainstorming, it's drying out too much. How can we keep the water in? We need to give it a blanket, you know, and they'll say, well, let's put leaves on it. Or, you know, I have straw bales, let's put straw on it. So then watching it grow and finally gets to the point where it's recognizable. You know, after those first two leaves pop up, every plant kind of looks the same. And then after that, then it's, it's kind of the, the cotyledon. Then the next leaves that come out, then it becomes recognizable. Oh, that's going to be in the squash family. Mm. Or that's definitely a tomato plant with all those jagged little mm. So they, I teach them identification too, to, to ID the plants. And then when it's grown enough to harvest, we again say thank you plant. And we wash it and we either eat it right then or we make a snack or we bring it into the kitchen and create a meal out of it, mm-hmm. they will eat anything out of the garden. Yeah. I, they want to eat the beets right out of the, the soil. I'm like, hey, maybe we should wash them first, and they're better cooked. Oh, no, Miss Deanna, they're delicious raw. <laughs> they really look like they've been into it. You know, their mouths are all red and dripping. This red. And it's funny, and you know, we try to, we think teaching kids about nutrition facts will, you know, get them to eat vegetables, but really it's just growing food that naturally makes them want to connect with it and appreciate it. Yeah, and it works almost it. every time. Yeah, almost every time. Yeah, it's so humbling an experience, mm-hmm. but at the same time really empowering. It's like, wow, I can, I can work with the land to grow food to nourish me. And I love being able, you know, it's, it's one giant laboratory mm. asking them questions like, so why, we have a south-facing garden, we want to plant corn. Corn potentially could grow taller than I am. And the sun goes this way, and I show it, and I point, you know, or I ask them, where does the sun come up? I try to ask as many questions as I can to lead them to the answers. Which, where does the sun come up? Where does the sun set? And if the corn is really tall in the middle of the day, you know, which side is the shadow going to be on? Mm. So we want to be careful not to plant cer- certain seeds it, that are going to be in the shadow of that corn all day long. Right. You know, or how can we use the shadow 
from that corn to our advantage. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can plant, you know, um, spinach and lettuce because they don't yeah. like that full on hot sun. Right. And, and they're just amazed and they're like, wow. And you know, it makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much awareness that can be fostered in the garden. And we were talking about authentic learning the other day. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, I, I would like to see schooling move a, more away from just content to um, exploration yeah. and, and bringing in those skills needed to collaborate, respect, listen deeply so we can, we're training, or, or not training, <laughs> we're, uh, we're providing the opportunity for our youth to be able to face the, the challenges that are ahead. Yeah. There's no doubt we have big, big challenges. Yeah. In the immediate future, and I can't even imagine five, ten years out from now. You were showing me an article yeah. that you just found called Reimagining Our Food Supply? Yeah, we need to radically reimagine our food system. And yeah. you and I have been talking... Ain't it the truth. Yeah, and we've been talking for years about looking at our food shed. Mm-hmm. And the word had been sustainability, but now I, now I, I agree with the, the change in terminology to regenerate. Yeah. Why can't we be growing enough food for everybody while regenerating the soils yeah. and repairing the damage that um, a lot of farming practices have done? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, and it helps us to, to understand that we, you know, we can live on the land and not suck it dry of resources. It's possible to do that. We just haven't been enculturated to think that way. Mm-hmm. And we think of ourselves as this big blight on the land. But we can actually be live in harmony and live appropriately and and bring the land back to life in many ways. You know, we see so many beautiful examples of that Mm -hmm. and I almost feel like uh, the inner work we're doing uh, or being aware of my inner self and being curious about it is the first step yeah actually the first step may simply saying yes I I want to know what's really going on inside of me and why am I really here otherwise we end up in this industrial food production mode where we we're just we're sucking our own selves dry Mm -hmm. and wanting more and more and more maybe we should go for quality rather than the quantity anymore and, and slow ourselves down and slow our community down mm. yeah, and absolutely. Re- reconnect to source again, which is the land, the water, sky, absolutely. earth, yep. mm-hmm. the elements. Well, for those just joining, this is Gwen Garcelon and you're listening to The Inner Game on KDNK. And I'm talking with Diana Alcantara about school gardens and, and about living your authentic calling. Mm. And, you know, I'm so glad you started talking about, you know, kind of how, how does your spiritual practice support you to make a bigger difference? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it puts me, it puts me in touch on a deeper level with my, with my inner knowing mm-hmm. and being comfortable with that. And I, I believe me, I'm not there. Well, maybe I am there. I'm here, right? We're all here now. <laughs> You're wherever you are. And that's a judgment is to say, oh, I have so much more work to do. Right. Um, but at every it's what my goal right now for 2022 even saying a goal there I am trying to get myself set up for success my desire is to just expand my awareness mm. yeah just be more in awareness and listen and love everyone no matter 
what their position is on anything mm. just because the love is unending comes yeah. from deep inside and yeah. it, and it's a well that will constantly replenish yeah and where i find myself coming up against the wall of uncertainty or disagreement that's where i need to i need to i want to do more work mm. on myself yeah so I, i'm continuing to dissolve those those barriers and and what what my limitations mm-hmm. to expand into greater service from this community yeah. i'm bilingual i mean that's a huge gift i i, I work <clears throat> well with children that's what i've been doing um since i moved here to carbondale I've, I've taught kindergarten through college level students yeah when you asked me how many years i was like oh man it's <laughs> been 30 years <laughs> but i started when i was 23 right <laughs> yeah um what is my greatest gift yet to come because i'm feeling complete and ending my public school educator mm. career and wanting to step into more service yeah. to my community w- with this radical change in our food shed mm. to bring health and build community and wellness and regenerate the land and be, and be deeper connected. I so love that calling. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I look forward to collaborating with you, I hope, and those who are listening and, and those who may be not able to listen, but we know who you are. We've talked yeah. about, and you've shared with me about um, seeing everything that's happening, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. as required for our highest and best, for our evolution. Mm-hmm. And, and that feels like a beautiful practice that we can take on every day in the things that we see that we argue against or we complain about or that we call wrong to maybe consider that huh maybe this is required for me to make the shift I need to make or I'm called to make Mm -hmm. or maybe this is softening me in a way that allows me to um, listen more deeply consider the the gray area mm-hmm. where we want to have things be black and white we want to mm-hmm. have the right answer we want something to be the right way or the wrong way and really what we see mostly is so much gray area and that's an uncomfortable place to be mm-hmm. unless we can embrace it as a creative place to be right i i hear you um it's coming to an acceptance of what is unfolding now is required. Each of us are on our own individual path, but yet collectively we we're hoping we're moving, you know, in the direction of sovereignty and health and balance mm. and love. Yeah. Um, love for th- this planet we're on. That's ex- I was talking to the kids just yesterday about groundhog day which is also candle mass, which is also, I can't remember the word for the Celtic, it's like embolic or something. Oh, yeah, embolic. Embolic. And what that is, um, is the halfway point between the winter solstice, for Mm -hmm. us the shortest day, and the spring equinox. Mm -hmm. And I told the kids, I notice if there are any lingering squash or pumpkins in my garage after the February 2nd, you know what happens to them? They start to rot. Yeah. And it happens every year. So there is some force of nature that uh, that as of february 2nd there's more light coming onto the planet just where we are in our rotation around our orbit and our rotation around the sun right Mm -hmm. so that energy is hitting and it's going to wake up 
you know, the roots of the trees. And if any fruits are left, they're going to go, you know, start molding mm-hmm. like they do in my garage. And they yeah. and the kids just laughed. And I asked them today, do you remember what happens to Miss Deanna's, you know, fruit and her squash in her garage? If they start to rot. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's just, it is what it is, right? So if I accept it, then, you know, I don't, I don't attach to it and I don't feel angry about it. It is what it is. So what is happening right now is required for all of us to to move into a higher our higher selves. Yeah. I want to say a higher vibration. Yeah. You know, our higher selves yep. of integrity and honesty and authenticity we've been talking mm. about. Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Openness. Yeah. Just keep letting it all fall off of you that that what you attach to that you don't understand or makes you feel down. What's a practice that helps you to strengthen your intuition or your self-compassion? Going back to the breath. Mm. You know, it, it's cool. I teach the kids how to inhale for two, hold it for two, and exhale for three. Just drop back in, mm. calm the nervous system down. Like a mini meditation. Yeah, a mini meditation. Um, so I'll talk to you if they're upset. I'll talk to you when you've calmed down. Mm. Sometimes they get more angry. I'm like, well, I'll come back to me when you're, when you're calm. Because we're not going to get anywhere when you're upset. Yeah. And I'm not going to get anywhere with myself, even with myself, if I'm upset or being so hard on myself. You know, mm-hmm. Why did I do that? Yeah. So I'm finding more compassion I have for self. And I've been hearing that forever. But things are just starting to click for me. And I under- I'm, I'm understanding more what that is. Mm-hmm. And then I seem to have fewer things that I get upset at myself about. Right. And I'm just flowing through the day flowing through each day trusting mm. where i'm going is where my soul really wants to be going yeah and i don't know where that is right now i don't know for sure but if i trust it well flow. that's a beautiful place to wrap up thank you so is much it time for this already? conversation oh, diana wow and thank you all for listening today mm-hmm. if you have a question for diana or me um please join the facebook page at the inner game and if you're interested in um, Diana's garden camps this oh, yes. summer, so if you have kids that would like to get into the garden this summer, um, keep a lookout for that. Um, those uh, listings in Mountain Parent, mm-hmm. their garden know. boot camp for kids. Yeah, and you'll find the ad in that paper. I don't have a website, but um, you know, you can always call the school to get information. Yeah, or look at Carbondale Community School. Yeah, yeah, you can awesome. find information there. Well, until next time. Love yourself and uh, love keep, your Keep ability. playing the inner game. <laughs> exactly. And keep planning your garden for next summer. Mm-hmm. And have fun. <laughs>